Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Well, hey, I want to welcome you to Blue Ridge Church or welcome to our online campus. Those of you here, happy uh, Juneteenth, happy Father's Day. Man, we are so thankful that you've taken time out of your day to be with us. And, And dads, Dads to be, uh, folks who want to be dads, it's great for you to take time to be with us as well. Hopefully today, this afternoon, you've got something planned special, maybe with your family, your kids, your friends, or maybe you're just going to get alone by yourself and do something. I don't know, you know, what you're hoping to get for Father's Day. I'm hoping to get four and a half gallons of gas. I think that'd be a great Father's Day gift, right? But seriously, happy Father's Day to all of our dads and our dads-to-be, it's great. Uh, it's great to have you. And listen, if this is your first time joining us, uh, I think you've come at a great time because we're in the middle of a series right now that we're looking at our faith. We're actually towards the end of the series, and we're seeing just how practical our faith is and how our faith really works in life, that God didn't leave us with some empty faith that we can't rely on and you, so we've been looking at things that we typically go through in life and things we deal with. We've looked at temptation, we've looked at anger, we've looked at showing respect to everyone, being patient. Uh, last week we looked at facing an uncertain future. And so if you didn't get a chance to listen to any of these talks, they're always available on our website or on Spotify or whatever the podcast come on. It's available on there as well. But if you need to catch up, that's out there. For you. So here's what I want to do as we start off today. I want you just to look around your room. And if you're with our online campus, maybe you're at a Starbucks, maybe you're on vacation or in your living room or uh, you're here in the auditorium, but just look around at the people that are around you. And let me uh, just have you think about something. Do you see any perfect people around you? Even your dad? No, right? There's no imperfect people. Every single one of us, all of us watching, we're all imperfect. And something that imperfect people do that we're going to talk about today is imperfect people hurt each other, right? We hurt each other. And so what we're going to talk about today is how do we deal with that? Deal with that. How do we deal with hurt? Because I know every single person in here has been hurt and carrying pain or a burden, and they've been hurt at some point in their life. And really, we got to decide, what are we going to do with that hurt, right? Are we going to hang on to it? Are we going to try to take that hurt out on someone else? Are we going to process it and let it go? The good news is we have a faith that works when it comes to hurt. And we have a faith that says we don't have to hold on to a hurt. And listen, just because we've been hurt in the past doesn't mean we're not going to be hurt again in the near future right? We live in a world that is full of anger, full of mistrust, full of selfishness, full of hatred, full of division. And because our world is like that, and because we're sinful people, we're going to be hurt, and we're going to hurt other people. I mean, just think about the division. Just in our country today, it's probably greater than we've ever seen it. And when you're dealing with people who are angry and upset and they're searching for answers, we're going to be hurt. 
And we, in turn, are going to hurt others. So it's important that we learn how we're going to deal with that and how we're going to handle that hurt. Really, uh, people even that know Christ, people that don't know Christ, people that know Christ, and I know we've got a, a full gamut with us today, we constantly hurt each other. Now, think back to two weeks ago what we talked about. And uh, you, you don't have to give me a report on how well you're doing because I know it's a struggle, but how we manage our mouth, right? How we handle our words. And I want to review the verses we looked at in James. It's James 3, 7 through 10. And James said, people can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Because we can't control our mouths and we can't control our words all the time. Again, that's going to cause hurt. My whole point is don't ever be surprised when you're hurt in life because it's inevitable. We have to figure out how we're going to handle that. And I have no doubt that plenty of you watching, plenty of you here, you're hurt right now. You're carrying hurt this very instant or pain from something that happened in the past. And I'm just going to make an assumption about that hurt. I bet somebody or some group of people hurt you so badly, you do not want to forgive them. You do not want to let that hurt go. And that's, that's human nature. That's normal, right? So it's going to take a lot of motivation for us to decide that we're going to release a hurt in our life. And I think the motivation, the only motivation that's going to work is we have to know that that hurt, if we hang on to it, it's going to hurt us in the long run. It's not going to hurt anybody else. It's not going to hurt the other person, but it's going to hurt us. And so what I want to do today is I want to look at things that happen in our life when we hang on to hurts. And I want to jump over into the Old Testament. I want to look at Job chapter 36, verse 13. And if you want to follow along with the notes today or, or with the verses, they are available on the Church Center app. You can download that on your smartphone. You can simply scan that QR code in your seat back or follow the link for our online campus. But Job 36, 13 says this, For the godless are full of resentment. Even when he punishes them, they refuse to cry out to help for him. The godless, people without God, are full of resentment. Resentment that's probably caused a lot of times from a past hurt. They're full of anger. They're full of bitterness. So learning number one, the first thing holding on to resentment does to us, when we hold on to resentment, we're going against God's desire for our life. God does not want us to live our life resentful. He does not want us to cling to and hold on to our hurts. He wants us to cling to him and let him have those hurts. And truly, when you look at the scripture, resentment, which is a byproduct of hurt, or bitterness, or anger that's a byproduct of hurt, oftentimes it's sinful. James 1.20 says, human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. There it is again. Again, anger is a byproduct 
of resentment. So if we're angry because we're harboring resentment over hurt, we cannot do what God wants us to do. We cannot be in line with the will God has for our life. And listen, those of you that follow Christ, and again, I know that's not everybody watching or everybody here, but those that follow Christ, we cannot change the world if we're constantly resentful. So the first thing it does is it it keeps us from doing what God wants us to do and keeps us from being where God wants us to be in life. Another thing carrying resentment from a hurt can do is it keeps us from happiness, right? The moment that we choose to be resentful, we're choosing to be unhappy because you can't be resentful and happy at the same time. It's a choice. It's just like happiness. We're as happy as we choose to be. We're as resentful as we choose to be. Job chapter 21, verse 23 through 25. One person dies in full vigor, completely secure and at ease, well-nourished in body, bones rich with marrow. Another dies in bitterness of soul, never having enjoyed anything good. So we can't be resentful and happy or bitter and happy at the same time. So it keeps us from where God wants us to be. It can rob us of happiness when we hang on to hurts. Another thing it does is it hurts our well-being, right? We're carrying around a burden that really just consumes us. And then we end up focusing on the wrong things in life. Proverbs 27.3, a stone is heavy and sand is weighty, but the resentment caused by a fool is even heavier. So learning number two, we never hurt the person that hurt us by hanging on to resentment. We, we don't believe that though, do we? We think, oh, well, as long as I'm harboring this bitterness or this resentment towards this person because they hurt me, I'm causing them pain. They probably haven't even thought about the hurt that they've caused in you. All it does is it makes us miserable. So those hurts in your life that maybe happened a long time ago, the only way that that person can continue to hurt you is if you constantly replay that hurt in your mind. If you constantly press rewind and play and watch it again and again in your life. Job 18.4 says, you may tear out your hair in anger, but will that destroy the earth? Will it make the rocks tremble? So it only hurts us when we hang on to the resentment. And so it's in our best interest to let it go. It can also make us physically sick, right? If you're full enough of bitterness and resentment, it can make you physically sick. Job chapter 5 verse 2 says, resentment kills a fool and envy slays the simple. You know, we pay so much attention to our health these days. You know, people watch what they eat and they watch what they drink. And uh, a lot of you, you know, you exercise. You, go, you probably go to the dentist once or twice a year. If you're, if you're sick, you may go to the doctor. or You go to the doctor for regular checkups. You're very sure of your kid's health, right? You protect your kid's health. You do everything possible for your kids and your grandkids as far as their health. But we never pay attention to what eats us up inside. We never pay attention to the bitterness and the resentment that we carry that literally eats us up. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 17 says, Throughout their lives, they live under a cloud. 
frustrated, discouraged, and angry. You know anybody like that? They're constantly living under a cloud. Nothing is ever right. See, resentment caused by hurt, it's contagious. Bitterness is contagious. It's like negativity. You hang around a negative person long enough and you're going to become negative, right? You hang around an angry person long enough, you're going to become angry. You're going to be mad at the world or you're going to be resentful with the world. So we have to deal with it because if we don't deal with it, we're not just going to hurt ourselves. We're going to start hurting our family. We're going to hurt our kids. We're going to hurt our spouse. We're going to hurt our coworkers. We could hurt our church. We could hurt our group or our organization. And we've all seen this, right? One bitter family member can mess up the entire family. A lot of you have experienced that firsthand. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15 says this, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. One bitter person can corrupt many. One bitter person can ruin everybody else. So let me ask you a question. Do you you want to be known as that person that harbors that resentment, that harbors that bitterness? We got to let it go. And I get some of you were hurt so many years ago, and it's still impacting you. It's still bothering you. But what we have to understand, if we don't deal with it, we are eventually going to cause relational damage to the people we care about the most. We're not going to damage the person that hurt us, but our husband, our wife, our dad, our mom, our best friends, we're going to cause problems with them. Now, I want to jump back to a verse that we started off with, and I want to look at it again. I'm just going to reread it to you, but it's Job 36, verse 13. And, and this is going to kind of allude to another cost to us if we hold on to a hurt, and that is we act like people without hope. When we hang on to hurt, we act like, really, the Scripture says, an unbeliever. So listen to Job thirty six thirteen again. For the godless are full of resentment. Even when he punishes them, they refuse to cry out to him for help. Now, let me just kind of set this up what was going on. If you know anything about Job in the scripture, he lost everything. He he was being tested and he absolutely lost everything, his family, friends, finances, everything. Well, one of his friends is saying this verse and, and telling Job, hey, you must have done something wrong in order for God to allow this to happen in your life. He thought that Job was denying some guilt he had for some sin he had committed. And even though Job did nothing wrong. His friend does allude to a greater problem with us, and that's when we do have guilt or we have shame or we have sin in our life or something we're dealing with, we often don't cry out to God. We try to keep that to ourselves. We try to hold on to it just like a hurt, and we never cry out to God. We blame everybody else for what's going on instead of taking accountability and dealing with it. And if you think about it, if we're full of resentment, we can't be full of God, right? If we're full of resentment, we can't be full of happiness and joy. If we're full of resentment, we can't be full of love. The only thing that's ever going to fill us up is Christ. So if we 
fail to allow our faith to work and to relieve us of the hurts and the burdens and the pain that we carry, essentially the scripture is saying we're acting godless. We're acting like we have no faith at all. So if we're hurt and we won't forgive somebody that's hurt us, and that's kind of where we started off, probably the final problem with not releasing those hurts is we actually block God's forgiveness in our own life when we're not willing to release the hurt and forgive the person that's hurt us. If I've hurt you and you won't forgive me, if you've hurt me and I won't forgive you, then what we do is we block God's forgiveness in our very own life. That's powerful. That should be motivation enough for all of us to want to forgive and get past the hurts in our life. Matthew 6.15, but if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. Now, I've got everybody's attention right now because that verse scares us. He's saying we can block God's forgiveness if we're unforgiving. In other words, we can't expect to receive from God what we're not willing to give to someone else. Now, the reason this verse scares people and has confused people for so long is we think about eternal uh, life, right? We think about salvation. And this verse is not saying that we can't be saved if we won't forgive. That's not what it's saying, right? Because we know the Scripture's incredibly clear that it's only through God's grace, through what Christ did on the cross, that we're forgiven for our sins, right? It has nothing to do with our actions. The Bible is incredibly clear that God forgives sin simply based on Christ's work on the cross. But what Jesus is telling us is that day-to-day relationship with God is going to be strained if we're not willing to forgive people who have hurt us or to forgive people that have offended us or done something to us. It's that day-to-day fellowship with God. Like, you know, the day-to-day when we confess our sins, you know, I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I did this. God, I'm sorry for that. That fellowship with God is going to be strained each day if we're not willing to forgive people who have hurt us and done us wrong. As a matter of fact, if you think about it, in the book of Matthew, Jesus gave us instructions for praying. And he said, you know, there should be, we should carve out a time in our day when we, you know, ask God for forgiveness of our sins the way we forgive others. It's the Lord's Prayer, right? A lot of you grew up in church and you said the Lord's Prayer every single week. But Matthew 6, 12, and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. So it's that day-to-day fellowship with God. It's going to be strained if we're not willing to forgive others the way that he forgives us. So is it worth it to hold on to our hurts? And it's not. It's not worth it to hold on to the resentment and the bitterness and the anger and the grudge that comes from hanging on to that hurt. It's too great a cost for us to pay. 
Yeah, it keeps us out of line with God's will. It, it, it takes our happiness and hurts our well-being. It can make us physically sick. We're acting like we're an unbeliever. But most of all, it blocks God's forgiveness day to day in our life. So we have to deal with them. We have to get rid of those past hurts. And I think the first thing we have to do is we have to pass it off to God. We got to give it to him. We got to say, God, you know what? This hurt I'm carrying, this burden, this pain I'm carrying, it's too heavy for me to carry. I can't carry it any longer, so I'm giving it to you. And because our faith works, God will take that freely, willingly, without any questions, he'll take it. Here's another verse, Mark eleven twenty five. But when you're praying, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Again, talking about what we just talked about before. We just have to drop the hurt. We just have to give it to God and walk away from it. It's too heavy for us to carry. It's like when you help a friend move, right? And you pick up a big piece of furniture. It, it, it strains you. It's difficult. You know, maybe you got to maneuver it around walls and stuff. But once you set that piece of furniture down, you have instant relief, right? It doesn't hurt anymore. The pain of carrying that piece of furniture is gone. It's the same way when we just dump our hurts on God. Instantly, we don't feel that pressure anymore. So if we're serious about reducing the, some of the things that just set us off during the day, the anger and the frustration, because of the hurts in our life, we have to give those things to God. We simply were not designed to hold on to them. And when we give them to God, we need to let God handle them the way he decides to handle them. Right? Listen to Romans 12, 19. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back. Now, we want to get revenge. When somebody hurts us, we want revenge. God says, you leave that to me. So that means when we pass that hurt or that pain off to God, we got to let it go completely. We can't say, God, take this hurt and make that person suffer, right? Take this hurt and make them watch Barney reruns for a year, right? Every time they turn on their television, make it be Barney and friends. We can't do that. We have to let God deal with it the way the Lord wants to deal with it. And who can deal with it better, us or God? You think about some of the mean things people have said, the hurtful things people have said to you over the years. I, th I think about things that people said still to this day, you know, when we started the church and, and things like that. We got nasty emails, nasty comments. I know if we would have hung on to those as a church and let those hurts just kind of stay in our lives, we'd have been totally ineffective in ministry. We'd have been ineffective in life. If you carry those and continue to hold on to them, eventually you're going to be ineffective everywhere. So bottom line, learning number three, I have to give my hurts to God. There is no other option. We have to allow him to have them. And then after we do that, after we pass that hurt off to God, something that helps is we can offer grace to the person who hurt us. 
Doesn't mean that they have to know you're giving them grace, but in your prayer time, God, I want to give this person some grace. We are supposed to be distributors of God's grace. And again, remember, when we're forgiving someone for a hurt, it doesn't mean we're trusting them again. Doesn't mean we're going to have the same relationship with them again. But we have to be kind and we have to forgive the way we've been forgiven. Ephesians 4.32, instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. He says, be forgiving, be kind. And the truth is, we will never, ever have to forgive someone as much as Christ has already forgiven us. Let me say that again. We will never have to forgive someone as much as Christ has forgiven us. There's no way. But one of the reasons sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes people find it difficult to forgive is because they haven't felt forgiveness themselves. You, you can deal with that today, right? A relationship with Christ forgives us of our sins, not just our past sins, not just our present sins, but our future sins. And believe me, you're going to have future sins probably before you get home, right? Depending on which way you drive home. They're coming, but we can have forgiveness for that. And I know this is a difficult topic to let go of a hurt. And I know what some of you are thinking. There's no way. There's no way I can let this go. You have no idea what this person did to me. You have no idea what happened. And you're right. And you may say, well, I'm, not, I'm just not strong enough to get rid of it. And that's the truth. But the beauty is God's strength works when we're weak. Right? Listen to 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Each time he said... and. This is the Lord talking to Paul. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. Think about this. And again, I I know we're all over the place on the spiritual journey, but those of you that have a relationship with Christ, think about this. The forgiveness of your sins that you received, the forgiveness of my sins that I received, was that forgiveness so ineffective in our heart that we can't forgive someone for the hurt that they've caused us. And if so, we don't really cherish fully the forgiveness that we've received. And the forgiveness we've received, it cost Jesus his life. And when we can't forgive, a lot of times we're just going through the motions. And I get forgiveness doesn't happen instantly. It may not happen for months. It may not happen for years. It may not happen for decades, but we got to be working towards it. But if the forgiveness we received was so ineffective that we can't forgive somebody else, there's something missing or that we can't work towards forgiving someone else. It's like the, uh, the unforgiving servant in Matthew chapter 18. He owes the king like a million dollars and the king demands his money. And he threatens the guy's family, I'm going you know, to put you in prison, I'm going to make you slaves, whatever. And the guy didn't have the money, and he begged and pleaded for mercy. And you know what the king did? He wiped it away. Wiped away all of his debt. But then the guy goes out, and he grabs the first person that owes him money by the neck and says, hey, I want my money. You owe me $1,000. See, the king's forgiveness... Of this guy's debt, he didn't let it penetrate his heart. 
He just went out and demanded money from the people who owed him. We don't want to be the, the unforgiving servant that doesn't let Christ's forgiveness penetrate our heart to the point where eventually he can get us to the area where we can forgive somebody. And listen, we will struggle to forgive. Struggling to forgive is not what's going to destroy us. We're sinful. We carry grudges a lot of times, and sometimes we have to work through forgiveness. I get that. Depending on what's happened to us, depending on what's occurred, it could take a long time. But struggling to forgive is not what's going to destroy us. What's going to destroy us is when we decide we're never forgiving. And we're not, we have no intention of ever forgiving. As long as we're working towards it, that's good. It's when we refuse to forgive and we have no intention of ever forgiving, that's what's going to destroy us. And let's be honest, sometimes it feels good to carry a little bit of a grudge, a little bit of resentment or bitterness towards a person because we feel like we've got the leg up. You know, we've got the higher hand, but that'll destroy us. We have to be willing to work towards forgiving those that have hurt us. Folks, when we carry those hurts, it keeps us from where God wants us to be. It, it can hurt us emotionally. It can hurt us physically. It can take the joy and the happiness from our life. It can block that day-to-day fellowship and forgiveness from God in our lives. It's just too much for us to carry. And we're all carrying them. There's plenty of things we haven't let go of, and we have to start working through giving those hurts to God. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much simply for uh, the lesson that, that we learned today, how powerful carrying a hurt can be and how dangerous it can be in our lives. And God, you don't intend for us to carry those things. You intend to carry them. And you, you intend to free us of that weight and that burden of that resentment and that bitterness and that anger we so often carry. God, I know it can be a long process. All we're asking is that you set us on the path to begin to get rid of those hurts. Maybe you're watching today with our online campus or you're here, and as soon as I started talking about hurts, something came up in your heart that you're dealing with. You may not be ready to do what we've talked about today, and that's fine. Just keep your heart open. Ask God to continue to work on your heart to be able to someday get to the point where you can forgive for that hurt. He'll honor that. He'll honor your openness. Just don't become so closed that you would never, ever do it. God, we also take time to thank you on Father's Day uh, for our fathers God, uh, some of us had great relationships with our fathers, others not so great. But we have you as our ultimate father that loves us unconditionally, and we thank you for that. We thank you that you love us and you care about us, and you never give up on us, no matter what we're going through in life. We love you and we praise you. Amen. All right, so Adventure Camp. July 25th, 26th, 27th, upcoming first graders to upcoming fifth graders. Last day to sign up is July 3rd. So (laughs) I want to encourage you 
to do that. Y'all like what we're doing with the lights? We're trying something a little bit new today. <clears throat> I, told the, uh, I told the tech crew, man, I look really old, so can you try to adjust the... I'm just kidding. Um, but make sure you sign your kids up for that. It's, uh, I think we've got a few more slots left for that. It's going to be a great time for them this summer. Also, if you're in our 20-somethings group or you want to join the 20-somethings group, they have their first uh, meeting, or not meeting, but group tomorrow night here at the church. You can sign up on our groups page for that group. As a matter of fact, today is the last day to sign up for any of our groups, our summer groups. Uh, some of them are one week, some of them are four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, but I want to encourage you to get in a group, so make sure you take some time to look at those today. But I hope you have a terrific Sunday afternoon, dads. Uh, it, you know, if you're off tomorrow for Juneteenth, I hope you have a great day off. I appreciate you so much being here. God bless you, and come back and see us next week.